You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War of War family. It's the morning drop. Big Cat Weekend is here. And Big Cats put up big stats. Let's drop it on them. You are you now, are now listening, listening to, to the War Report. What's up and good morning, War Report family? It's your boy, Mike G. I'm here with my guy, B. Will. Big Cat Weekend, B, is upon us. It is. Auburn it has is. already secured the commitment from Demarcus Riddick. Mm-hmm. Uh, composite five-star, according to 247, consensus four-star, almost recruiting services. But Perry Thompson is coming this weekend. This will be his second uh, visit to the Plains since uh, since last month. So mm-hmm. uh, he's coming for a second time. Uh, word is he hasn't had much contact with Bama over the last few months and uh, Auburn is excited to have him on campus. Let's talk about this kid for a second. If you don't know who Perry Thompson is, he is the number seven wide receiver, number 31 overall prospect in the country. Yeah. Has a chance to come to Auburn. Uh, Thompson uh, has been committed to the Tide for you know, almost a year, like just a little under a year right now. Yeah, and uh, he's, yeah, he's looking to come to Auburn. Uh, so uh, if Auburn were to land him, he'd be the first true five-star recruit Auburn has gotten since Owen Papo. Right. Or bonus, depending on who you ask. Right. right. Um, yeah. Right. So Thompson came on the 16th of last month, uh, six foot three, 205 pounds. Right. Like they are, they're comparing him to Julio Jones. Thompson is a monster. What are the chances? Hugh Freeze and company have a lot of momentum right now in recruiting. What would getting Perry Thompson mean to Hugh Freeze and this class? What would it mean? Five-star in your first recruiting cycle? I mean, five-star is one thing, right? Five-star is a thing all by itself. But you're taking him from the rival, from our in-state rival. You're taking him from inside the state, from our in-state rival. This is not a guy who's off in Tennessee or Arkansas or Kentucky who's a national recruit that everybody wanted and and Bama stuck up there because they they can grab from a little further away than we can. This is a guy who's in the backyard of both of our programs. Mm. And he committed there, and he's been standing pat in that commitment for a while. Hugh Freeze comes in, changes the recruiting intensity, recruits with purpose, makes it a more recruit-friendly atmosphere, makes it a more player-friendly atmosphere, dare Mm. I say. Mm. And all of a sudden, he stops picking up Bama's calls, text getting left on red from Nick Saban, and he's here every month. Mike, I uh, I know how much you like the, the relationship analogies, but if you've ever been juggling uh, two prospects at one time, <laughs> and one takes you and you go, uh, uh, but when the other takes you, it's, oh, yes, 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 I can't wait, mm-hmm. I can't wait, yep. I can't wait. That's a telltale of what's going on. You know how women get mad when, when guys ghost them? Or the other way around. (laughs) Less communication is a bad thing. More communication is a good thing. His presence on campus, his willingness to respond to the guys who recruit to Auburn, to celebrate guys recruiting to Auburn. Yeah. All of this is is pointing one direction. However, I want to see it happen. (laughs) I am not, I don't want to get hyped up. I remember in the past we had a few that we were hyped up for. We thought they were coming. 
we had their their web pages up on the on the site for the football team mm-hmm. and all that. We had to reverse course on all that. This is it. It does really feel like a changing of the guard. Not just Riddick. All right, not just Riddick. Riddick was one step, but again, a lot of this does have to do with who is your position coach. Is he great? Like we could get great running backs here, even we when we didn't have great running offenses, but we had a great running back coach. All right, right. that makes sense. Aldridge, I think, and I say this on the, the Wednesday show, is a great linebacker coach. So I get why his appeal is strong for a linebacker prospect. In this case, we've got Marcus Davis as a wide receiver coach who the players love. The players love Marcus Davis. He doesn't have a reputation uh, the same way that some other play- We thought at one point that Hugh Freeze was going to get a wide receiver coach from his past, who's currently, I think, at UCF, and he didn't get it. Now, that guy's got some guys and prospects on his resume as a wide receiver coach that goes, oh, he's coached those guys. I'm coming there. Marcus Davis doesn't have that resume yet. He may have mm-hmm. that rapport with his players, but he doesn't have that resume yet. So what would it be that brings a Perry Thompson to Auburn? Well, this is a case where Hugh Freeze himself, his past, his offensive reputation, the players he has coached and put into the league is what's doing the work. This would be a Hugh Freeze steal through and through Mm. to pull a prospect of this stature, literally his physical stature, (laughs) and metaphorically of how high he is ranked to Auburn before we have shown one thing on the field. Wow. Cure his commitment. This would be the Bigger steal between him and Riddick by far. This is bigger than pulling Phillips away from Georgia. This is bigger than pulling Riddick away from Georgia and Bama. Mm. This would be the one. This would be the one. Because it's happening right in front of your face. Before he's shown anything on the field. Yeah. So there's no proof of concept right here uh, for, for Hugh Freeze. Uh, but we know that this is the guy who con- uh, who convinced DK Metcalf to come to Ole Miss. Yeah. And well, we see how he's done the league. So, you know, is Perry Thompson, like, where would Perry Thompson rank in the in the halls of Auburn wide receivers? Now, remember, uh, Nate Craig Myers was a super high-rated recruit at one point. Uh, you know, they've got some guys through the door. Where would Perry Thompson rank in terms of receivers that have come through the plains in the last 10 years? You know, that's a good question because we think about who's come through the plains. We've had, we've had some really good wide receiver halls. I think mm-hmm. about the one in I can't remember the year, but I know what you're one. talking about. It was like it was like Kyle Davis, mm-hmm. Nate Craig Myers, and uh, 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 I think it's another Kyle. Like, was it McLean? Was that Marquise McLean? Yeah, yeah. it was. It was a cr- Eli Stone was in that class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it that was, was a really insane class. Yeah, yeah. So we've had some insane classes, but the truth of it is, whether it was due to Gus or due to the guys, we didn't get the return on on the recruiting rankings that those guys had after they got here like that it didn't happen Nate Craig Myers didn't mm-hmm. get the production he didn't get the stats we didn't see that from him even after he left he didn't really pick up um Kyle Davis looked promising for the few games he got on the field but then he right. departed with some issues Eli Stove was actually probably the most consistent receiver out of that touted class but of course he had injury issues and, and it, it held him back some we have not had a can't miss wide receiver prospect since the haul we had in 2003 or so. That was, the, what was the, Courtney Taylor was a can't-miss prospect. And it wasn't because they were, were recruited as can't-miss prospects. It's because once they got down here, 
they were coached into being incredible wide receivers. Ben Obamano was a, a really good prospect. Yeah, he of course, was. I think he was a really high-ranked recruit. He was a five-star. He was a five-star. Yeah, okay. So he was a five-star. So him, Courtney Taylor, uh, Aroma Shadu, all on the same team. Like, we had we had a squad. Anthony we did Mix. have a squad. I don't think any of them were rated as highly as Perry Thompson is rated right now, though. The measurables as far as height and running ability and speed, we didn't have one guy who was all of that in one yet. It seems to be that this is a game changer. This is a guy who will alter your defenses that that you're facing as an offense. I don't know if we've had that guy here mm. yet. And we've done okay without having that guy, but man, it will be so much easier to, to put together some great offenses with that guy on the field for you. Uh, here's a question for you. The longer this drags out, is it better for Auburn or is it better for Bama? Um, hmm. If he you doesn't commit this weekend, mm-hmm. is that good for Saban or bad for Saban? I think everything that's gone on in broad daylight with Perry Thompson is bad for Saban. Because again, who is he talking to? Who is he talking about? Who is he high-fiving after, after commitments? Yeah. It's been Auburn. Okay, it's been Auburn. So, I don't think that there's any way you can look at it as Bama and think, hey, this is going great right now. One thing you you hear, uh, if you read the recruiting literature and you see the people covering that stuff, they say, well, communication is kind of falling silent, mm-hmm. which means they are talking, whether it's the school not picking up because they're courting other guys at your position, or if, the, if it's the recruit not picking up because they're getting more attention or they like somewhere else better. That in itself is bad. I don't think that it can go on like this. It's pretty much all all said. It's already a given. I think Alabama's just waiting for Perry Thompson to go ahead. Just tell me. Tell me it's somebody else. And then it's going to be our turn here soon to give him everything he needs to go ahead and make that declaration outwardly is really the last straw. I don't know if, if it doesn't happen this weekend. Are we in danger? No, because I don't think we've seen anything have we given him a reason to cool off on us? Is what I would ask. I yeah. don't know that. I don't. Or, think has, or has Alabama given him a reason to cool off? You would, you would think with all the smoke so far leading up to now, when they have already tried to wrangle him back into yeah. the stable, if that was the yeah, case, it could be happening as we speak. Yeah, but. it could be. It could be some uh, some Cam Coleman action going on. You know what I mean? Oh man, listen, uh, it's going to be interesting to, to to see how this affects how Alabama approaches recruiting if they do end up pulling in Perry Thompson. I mean, uh, you know, we've talked extensively on the show about how Hugh Freeze's number one job has to be taking back the state to some extent. Yeah. Can't let people come in your backyard and just take every recruit you want. Uh, you know, and this is a big one. This is a big one that, that, you know, a lot of people would assume would end up at Alabama or Georgia because you've got two championship winning programs over the last like six, seven years uh, that have won their fair share. And then you've got, you know, upstart Auburn. Right. You know, who's got name recognition, but maybe not the success on the field. And so Hugh Freeze is trying to sell something uh, that he hasn't shown yet. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you can convince a kid like Perry Thompson, eventually that recruiting pitch is going to change. Right. Eventually, after you've won enough, you can change that recruiting pitch and say, come play for me because we win here at Auburn is what we do. Uh, but for right now, he's got playing time to sell, early playing time. Uh, he's got opportunity. He's got a lot of potential. And he's got an offense that receivers are excited about. Right. I think that's something else uh, that goes understated in this conversation is, is that he has an offense that 
if you're a receiver, you can get excited about playing in a Hugh Freeze offense. Um, and, and I think that's really important. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Big Cat Weekend is tomorrow. Perry Thompson is set to visit. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to be anticipating possibly a commitment from him as he has visited the Plains a few times here uh, in the last few months. PFAS says Antonio Brown trying to steer Thompson to the school up north. Did you see this? Did you see the DMs? That's what somebody was like. I saw yeah. somebody was like, "What are All you right. doing, Antonio Brown?" I didn't see that. What did, what did he say? Uh, I mean, he was like, he was like, "You a receiver, and you, and you talking to that, that that other school?" I mean, he was. I mean, he was talking mess. He was talking mess about Auburn. Yeah, did Antonio Brown oh. go to? Did he go to? No, Auburn? he went to Central Michigan. Yeah, what are you talking about, bro? Just Get out of here. Just, I don't understand him at all. Uh, uh, but yeah, Antonio Brown just giving bad life advice as always. Haley Tubbs just got a little PTSD here. She says George Pickens. I think this is a little different than Pickens. Yeah, Pickens I was. I think Pickens was committed to us. I know people are saying that that uh, I'm, I'm, I may be misremembering that he was just leaning our way. He was, I think he was just leading. Yeah, I think he was. I remember it being that he was actually committed. For a long time, like he was committed to because him and Bo were like camping together at all the places. So it was kind of thought that him and Bo were a package deal. And then the day of when his old team is on the table doing the hats, he's looking back and he's looking all distraught. He's looking at mm-hmm. his mom. And his mom's like. And he's like. He told Georgia. Georgia had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, a fair transaction for them. You know, it worked out for them. He was a part of their first national championship in a long time. So. Yeah, we had we had one on the hook. I'm with Haley in this sense, though, that I'm almost I'd rather be pulling guys at the last minute. I, I don't want four months for this to change. I don't want four months for you to reconsider this. I want this to be the last. Now, to be fair, the guys who are committing right now do mm-hmm. not seem to be like, well, this is it for now. I don't I don't get a sense of that. We saw a lot of guys defect when they were committed to Gus Malzahn. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get the commitments in the first place for the most part under Harson, so didn't yeah. have to worry about it there. But I, I do think that Hugh Freeze is getting guys on board and they seem to be very set and, and, and steady with that commitment. They, there doesn't seem to be a lot of back and forth or wavering. There seems to be a lot of cheerleading from the guys who have committed to the class from the highest ranked commits in the class, which is always a good sign. You want the guys to to be rah-rah for the class that they're in, not still taking visits and looking around. And a lot of our guys are shutting down recruitment. So um, unlike George Pickens, we're getting guys to go, well, that's it, Auburn, I'm done. So Haley, I, I have a little more enthusiasm than than I do did for for that part of our, our history. That I, I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Pickens switching him well, I guess. Um, Thompson <laughs> says he doesn't want to be compared to Julio Jones. He wants to be his own man. Uh, I kind of get yeah. that, but you're not yeah. going to Bama anyway, so who cares, right? Like, I mean, he was a great receiver. Uh, if you had to be compared to somebody, you know, definitely not a bad comparison. I think it's more of a compliment than anything. Uh, Daniel Owen says, I wonder if there is still any Hugh Freeze detractors after seeing all he's done with putting 
uh, without putting anything on the field yet. This is a this is a common saying on Twitter right now. People are like, could there possibly be any Hugh Freeze detractors? And could there still possibly be any Brian Harson supporters after seeing what Hugh Freeze has done? Yeah, you know what? I think the Hugh Freeze detractors, it was mostly about what his off the field outside of the program vices were. And to be fair, I still think that's a fair criticism. However, where, where it got silly was people trying to, all right, well, he's not that good a coach anyway. It's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't take the football and sell the football with your opinion of him as a, as a person and as a man or a husband. One is a fair criticism. The other is not. But when people don't want to like something, they'll find reasons not to like it. There was never a reason to doubt Hugh Freeze's ability to recruit. There was never a reason to doubt that. There was never mm-hmm. really a reason to doubt his ability to put up offenses. There was never a reason to doubt that. People let their opinion of who he was and what he had done in the past color the perception of him as a football coach, and that wasn't fair. So I don't know if those people are still trying to make that correlation. I think he's blown recruiting out of the water, not just with Brian Harson's effort compared to Brian Harson. And to be fair, I think my opinion of Brian Harson's job has gotten even worse seeing Yes. How quickly Hugh Freeze has turned that around because it was always a well, you're from the down, you're kind of working back, you don't have relationships down here. I didn't know that the effort wasn't there in recruiting, I thought the effort was there, but the results weren't. Yeah, right. It uh, seems that the was effort rough. wasn't there in recruiting, and that's unforgivable down here in the SEC at Auburn University. So, yes, my opinion of, of Hugh Freeze is high and probably dropped of, of Brian Harson's effort here as well, but I don't know what his detractors are saying, or if they're saying anything, they're probably just quiet right now. If you if you want to st- stand on that, that you don't like Hugh Freeze, you didn't like him for Auburn, you are probably not saying anything right now. Probably. Mm. That's the best, the best position to take. Just don't say anything. <laughs> it's definitely tough. Um, Haley Tubbs says, uh, Freeze can sell. Our staff can sell for sure. I can't imagine how things are going to be once they have a product to point to as well. So, uh, once there's actually a product on the field, you know how much different is it going to be uh, for Hugh Freeze? Uh, you know, and, and what does that product look like? I think that's the TBD. Yeah, that's I think the TBD. TBD is like, okay, what are they going to put on the field? Philip Hall says, uh, "Who would rather have Perry or Coleman?" Both. That's where I was going to go through. (laughs) I I, I think I'd rather have Perry because I think he's more of a all-around wide receiver. I can't do Cam Cam like that. He's a Phoenix City boy. This is is no shade. If you have to choose one, who you choose? The the Phoenix City boy? I'll choose it both. I don't have have to make this choice, Brian. That's fine. (laughs) I want them both. I want it all. Don't make a choice. (laughs) Michael Thompson says, Big Cat is huge. If we can come out of it with four to five players, uh, we'll be at least, we'll be the best class since Chiz, Trooper, and Looper started this. Now, I've said, (laughs) Hugh Freeze is already the best recruiter Auburn has had. Yes. In the last 20 years. Yes. Right? How high does this class have to finish for that to be absolutely undeniable? If he lands a top 10 class in year one, how good a job is that? I mean, technically, Gus did that too. So I don't year think. Year one? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was um, mostly Carl Lawson's, Carl Lawson's commitment at the end of the cycle. It put us, so it put us into number eight, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Hold on, check, hold check on. Check on that for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going, we're going, so technically, we'd be looking at 2013? Yes. 
Yes, the twenty third. Oh yeah, they were number the number ten class. There we go. They so. snuck in at number ten with twenty six commits. Technically, this they say this class had three five stars, four eight stars, and then a bunch of fifty uh a bunch of three stars. Okay. But um that class had Montravius Adams, Carl Lawson, and Elijah Daniel. All five stars. Okay. Interesting. Now, all on defense, too. Yeah. Uh, Rodney Garner. That's that's right. Rodney Garner's first year back on the plane. Yeah, so. Javon Robinson was in that class. Rudy Ford, Jeremy Johnson. Now he Cameron. didn't stick in that class because he he may have signed, but he didn't qualify. Yeah. So he had Cameron Artis yeah. Payne, Nick Marshall, Peyton Barber. Um, mm. Ooh, he had some good running backs. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Marcus Davis was in that class. Daniel oh. Carlson. Um, oh, Carlson, yeah. And technically, Jason Smith transferred in as well, too. I mean, that wasn't a bad class. It was not a bad class. So, so you see the effect. With Now, we had a lot of wins in, in what you just named right there. Of course, Carlson was huge. Cameron Ars Payne was, was huge. Peyton Barber ended up paying a lot of dividends for us later in 2015 when he got the start. However... I think Hugh Freeze can say if he can get to top 10, but we have some really big impact players, similar to what the Carl Lawson was. Nick Marshall was a transfer. So I'm going to try kind of, I'm counting mm-hmm. him, but I'm not counting him. All right. He was a Juco transfer. He's a Juco guy to get the guys out of high school, which means they chose you first and they end up being your biggest impact players. Mm-hmm. Of all of those guys, I think that Nick Marshall and Carl Lawson are the biggest impact players in that 2013 class you just named. Mm. If he can sign, if Riddick can be a three-year starter for us, if Perry Thompson is a three-year starter for us, and we're making it to the second round or the third round of, of a three-team of a of a 12-team playoff, this is the best signing class. If you are signing some staples for playoff runs in this class out of high school, which means they chose you first, that's a better job. That makes you the best recruit. Now we won't know that until three years down the road or so. But right. I think that's what it would take for this to be a better signing class than that 2013 one. Chris S. says, Riddick feels like a lock. Feels like I think it. It's yeah. different now. Again, with early signing day, I'm telling you, these, these, these late summer commitments hit different. If you want to get into spring ball, uh, flipping late in the process is probably not a good idea. I think these kids are trying to lock in a little bit early, know who they're playing with, um, and then get settled and get ready to make a move in December, really. Mm-hmm. Right uh, to get ready to be in classes uh, uh, for the spring. Lawrence Robinson says DK was on a Zoom call with Hugh and Perry Thompson, uh, though hyping up Hugh Freeze. Now this was something that happened. It was uh, the Ole Miss fans were like, "That's unethical." I heard that. I heard this story. It's unethical for him. Yeah. He, you know, to use a former. I was like, "Wait, what?" Like <laughs> I didn't even understand the logic. Everybody if DK doesn't have a problem with it, what is your problem with it? Right. Now, technically, he didn't really coach DK very much. No, because he, he got recruited in 2016, and then he got fired before the end of the season. Right. So, uh, I, I kind of, uh, I just didn't understand. I was like, he recruited him though. Right. <laughs> he agreed to play for Hugh Freeze, and then right. DK decides to give you an endorsement. I don't have a problem with it. Right. And if it were happening at another school, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. That's to their advantage. When you yeah. produce players as a coach that go on to be successful and they like you, that's to your advantage. Yeah, you I, didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all, B. Um, Lawrence Robbins says, I'd potentially argue that Caddy and Zach are the best recruiters in Auburn history. Hmm. I, I, I throw Trooper mm-hmm. Taylor in the mix somewhere. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know about all that. It's, it's hard to parse that. It's hard to parse that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we might have to do a drop on that. Best recruiters in Auburn history. This, this mm-hmm. might be something we have to revisit. So I appreciate this comment, Lawrence. Yeah, sure. That's it for another morning drop, guys. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We'll be back at you guys Sunday with the weekend tailgate and then again on Monday with another morning drop. We're signing off, guys. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. Drop!